You're listening to the Secrets of Successful Business Podcast, your go-to source for business tips, tricks, and proven strategies that will help you create a streamlined and profitable business. We chat to the best minds in business about their journey. I think there's a lot to be said for naivety. You achieve a lot when you don't quite know. How they started. Hard work doesn't necessarily mean more money. What they learned along the way. I think we do just overcomplicate things and think we have to. And of course, we'll ask them for their secret sauce for creating a successful business. We need to build real emotional connections with our customers that go beyond what we sell. Join us as we take a sneak peek behind the curtain. Talk solutions for those business pain points, working smarter, not harder, mindset, and the challenges of fitting it all in with the demands of today's busy lifestyle. If you're a business owner, side hustler, or just starting your business journey, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, business coach, and content creator, Justine McLean from Flossy Creative. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. In case we haven't met, I'm Justine, a small business owner on a mission to uncover and share the secrets of creating and running a profitable, sustainable and successful business. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and I get to use all that I've learned along the way to help other women in business reduce the overwhelm, gain visibility around their numbers, charge what they're worth and make more money. It's about designing a life you love that fits into your definition of success. So if I can help you create the profitable business you deserve, please reach out. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Well, here we are rolling into the end of another financial year, and I can't quite believe that I am recording another one of these episodes. Did that year go past way too fast for anyone else, or is it just me? You know, as busy business owners, we wear lots of hats, so it's not uncommon to get to this time of year and find that there are some areas of our business that, you know, we've just neglected. And one of them is often finance, particularly if it's not your thing. So this time of year, I find that I have lots of business owners who are coming to me with their head in their hands saying that, you know, finance hasn't been at the top of their list and they really need to do something about it. They need to get better organized. It's like that aha moment that they seem to have when the end of financial year rolls around. Then of course, there are other business owners who have really paid attention to their finances, but their main aim is to maximize their tax return. So whether you fall into one of those two camps or somewhere in between, this episode is dedicated to the end of financial year, making it stress-free and sharing some tips on how you might be able to maximize your tax return. But before I get started, I just need to add a small disclaimer. All the information that I'm going to share in today's podcast is general in nature. So not knowing your personal or your business circumstances, it's always a great idea to get advice from your tax professional who has intimate knowledge of those things before you make any decisions about your finances. So let's start with how to stop the overwhelm and get better organized. So at the end of next financial year, you feel so much more in control. And the best way to stop the overwhelm and get better organized, no matter the size of your business or where you're at in business, is to get a cloud accounting system in place. And by a cloud accounting system, I'm talking about something like Xero or MYOB, QuickBooks Reckon, there are several out there. They basically connect your business bank accounts and pull in all of your day-to-day business transactions into their system. 
They often integrate with e-commerce websites and they can pull that data in too. The beauty of working in the cloud allows you to work on the go, but it also means that all of your financial information is sitting in one place. So, you know, you can create client invoices, you can store and track expenses, you can prepare your payroll, run your business reports, calculate and pay your compliance. And even better, you can invite in your tax professional, your bookkeeper, your BAS agent or accountant to help you manage not only the day-to-day, but the end of financial year or the end of quarter compliance that, you know, is required for your business. As I say, there are lots of options on the market. I am a huge fan of Zero, And if you've ever listened to one of my podcasts, you'll know that that's the case. Zero is a great system for non-accountants. And that's why I recommend it to all of my clients. But the caveat here is that no matter which route you decide to go down, which system you decide to incorporate into your business, hire a professional to set it up. Get them to give you an hour of education. It's a tax deduction. And once it's been set up by a professional, Running it will be really simple to maintain. The biggest sort of problems I find with these types of systems is that they've been set up by a business owner who thinks they're doing the right thing, but invariably something isn't correct in the back end or the way that the file's being reconciled isn't correct. And so it doesn't really give you that complete visibility over your finances that you need with the accuracy that you need to make the business decisions, to grow your business, to scale your business, to buy those new things, to change up your product and service offerings and so on. The other beautiful thing about these sorts of digital subscriptions is that from the 29th of March, 2022, until the end of the financial year 23, eligible businesses will be able to receive a 120% tax deduction for every $100 that they spend on these types of services. So it's a great one to jump on board if you aren't there already. Now, if you're listening to this and thinking, "Uh uh-uh, cloud accounting software, not for me, my business is too small. First of all, I'd ask you to reconsider because I personally think start as you mean to continue, but okay, I get it. Some people don't want to dive that deeply into their business right off the get-go. So consider at the very least a spreadsheet, keep track of everything that's coming in and everything that's going out. And if you're not registered for GST, it's a great way to know when that threshold, that 75K turnover threshold is approaching. And if you are registered for GST, it's also a way that you can keep track of how much money you need to pay in GST compliance. Now, my next tip is around making sure that you are claiming the right deductions in your business. So not just scrambling around at the end of financial year looking for everything that might be a business deduction, but keeping track of those things all year round. And of course, back to the cloud accounting system, great way to do it. Of course, what you can and cannot claim is going to depend on the sort of business you have, but some typical things might be the cost of goods. And these are all the costs that are directly related to producing the product or service that you're selling. So things like raw materials, shipping costs, direct labor costs, or maybe the wholesale price of the product that you've got for sale. You've got freelancers, contractors, professional services that you use. Perhaps your motor vehicle, if you use that for business, and I'm not just talking driving to and from the office, but you know, through the day for business, that could be partially expensed for your business. Things like subscriptions, advertising and marketing costs, equipment hire expenses, travel costs and travel and working meals, work from home expenses, staff training, and 
the bonus there is that from the 29th of March, eligible businesses can also claim a 120% tax deduction to upskill their employees and encourage digital adoption in their business. Things like utilities, heating, electricity, telephone, and internet. And if you're one of those people who are appearing on film or in advertising, you might be able to claim a portion of your grooming costs, your wardrobe, or your makeup as well. And if you're on the road, so this would apply to sales reps, real estate agents, people like that, and you're using SPF in your skincare, ask your accountant about claiming that too. If you are the person who is doing your own tax, be really careful that you're not double dipping into your expenses. So by that, I mean, there are work from home expenses and there is a formula to calculate those, but you can't claim those work from home expenses using that formula and then go and claim separately your utilities, for example, and your telephone. So just make sure that you're not double dipping. And if you know me at all, you'll know that my biggest tip around expenses is that right now is the best time to review all of your business expenses and see what savings you can find. Subscriptions is a huge one. We often have a whole bunch of subscriptions that we don't use anymore or that we've doubled up on or that maybe the paid version we don't need anymore. So we can downgrade to the free version, for example. The other one is if you've got utilities and things like that that you're using regularly and you've got the time, make a couple of phone calls to your service providers and see whether or not they're prepared to give you a bit of a discount. Hard in this market, I know, but if you don't ask, you don't get. Moving on now to the federal government's instant asset write-off scheme, which has been continued into this financial year. Basically, that allows small business to purchase new equipment such as you know, office and manufacturing equipment, computers, phones, and so on, up to $150,000. Now, there are rules around this, so double check with your accountant before you go spending any money. And the reality is, if you don't have the money, then don't spend it. It's just a way that you could potentially minimize your tax, the tax that you have to pay. But as I say, best to check with your accountant if you're not sure. Now, if you're one of those lucky business owners sitting on a huge profit at this time of year, what you could do is consider prepaying some of your expenses. So certain expenses such as rent, insurance, utilities, professional subscriptions can be prepaid in advance for 12 months or less. As I say, you'd only consider doing that if your business was in a profitable position and your cash flow could handle that payment. Otherwise, park that one. It might not be a good move for you. Now, once upon a time, I used to have a retail business with my husband and an e-commerce business, and we used to dread the 30 June stock take. I don't know if there's any other product-based businesses out there who are nodding along now going, yep, hate the stock take. But you know what? It was always such a good move for us because what it would turn up is a whole bunch of out of date, damaged and missing stock. And that, believe it or not, is a write-off. So add up the value of that stock and let your accountant know. Next tip is around cash flow. Now, if your cash flow is looking a little poorly at this time of the financial year, it's always a good idea to start chasing up those recalcitrant payers and ask them to pay any outstanding or overdue invoices. That'll also help you identify any bad debts, you know, those customers that are never going to pay you because again, your accountant or bookkeeper can write these off for you and that is going to save you money on your tax. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're showing a great profit and your cash flow is looking fantastic, then you might want to consider 
doing any further invoicing or chasing up anyone to pay you until next financial year. So until after the 1st of July, if you don't have one already, consider preparing an asset register. Look at all the assets that your business owns and write down what that asset is, the date you purchased it and what the purchase value was. Because again, it allows your accountant to depreciate any of these items that have not been previously included in your tax return. And that of course is a tax saving. So my next tip revolves around superannuation and more specifically, making sure that your super obligations for this financial year are paid up to date. So that means that you've made payments for quarters one, two, and three, not only for your staff, but for yourself as well. Quarter four super payments, so that's for April, May, and June, are not required to be made until the 28th of July. Now, in terms of super, if you want that to count as a tax deduction in this financial year, then any super you pay has to be with your super fund by the 30th of June. In fact, before the 30th of June. A lot of the cloud accounting platforms who process auto super are saying that if you want your super to hit the super fund before the 30th of June, it needs to be released from the platform by the 14th of June. So that will be the day that this podcast goes live. Just FYI, you need to get on that one immediately. If you're using a clearinghouse, it might be worth getting in touch with them and just finding out what their cutoff is in terms of those super contributions, reaching the relative super funds in time to count as a deduction for this financial year. Mid-June seems to be the timeframe, but that's a pretty vague timeframe, right? It'd be better to have a date. Keep in mind that super guarantee at the moment is 10%, but from 1 July, it goes up to 10.5%. And that's going to really increase by half percent every year until we get up to 12%. The other thing to consider is that as an individual, you can actually pay additional super. You can top up your super to $27,500 in this financial year. And that might be worth doing if you can afford it. It's obviously helping your retirement, which might seem way down the track right now, but super funds grow at rates that money in the bank just can't. So consider doing that. When you're looking at that $27,500 threshold for this financial year, you need to include any super guarantee contributions that you've already made for yourself. Or if you've got another job, if your business is your side hustle, all of the super that you've been paid from all of the different areas, you need to add that all up and then you can top that up to $27,500. Okay, now some other housekeeping things. The first one is make sure that on the 30th of June or soon after you download all of your bank statements and get them ready to send to your accountant, your BAS agent or your bookkeeper, just put them all in a folder and zip that up and send it off. I often get asked by business owners why they need to send me their bank statements. And the reason for that is while we presume that the cloud accounting software is accurate and the bank feeds are coming in correctly, as professionals, we always like to double check the source material to make sure that we've got it right and see whether or not we need to make any adjustments. So it's a good idea to get that stuff done. Think about all of the donations that you've made throughout the year. If you haven't made any of those, then it might be a good idea to make a couple now before the end of financial year because they will count as well as tax deductions. And then the other thing that I'd suggest is to have a really good look through your business bank account. 
hopefully you've got a bank account that's just for business purposes and make sure that all of the transactions that you know have been going through there are business transactions, that there's nothing personal that's sort of been set up as a direct debit or something that's coming out of there. Make sure that you, know, you remove those ASAP so that your business bank account is really just for business purposes. And on the flip side of that, if you've got a personal credit card that may have some business expenses on there, it's worth just having a quick scan through, seeing whether or not you've inadvertently put a business expense on the credit card and making a list of those with your receipts and sending them off to your finance partner to deal with so that they are included in the overall business expenses for this financial year. Now, the last one on the housekeeping front really relates to payroll. So if you've got staff and you've been running a payroll, you need to have that finalized and payment summaries off to the ATO by mid-July. That just allows your staff to get access to these details so they can complete their tax return. Most businesses now have probably opted into single-touch payroll. If you haven't done that, get on that ASAP. That is a great way to just seamlessly send information to the ATO around payroll. It's a good idea to get your uh, tax professional, whether that's your accountant, your BAS agent, or your bookkeeper, to start reviewing your payroll now to make sure that there are no issues and that that end of financial year processing for payroll works seamlessly so that your staff can go ahead and claim their beautiful tax refund. Okay, so hopefully that's given you some tips or at least a jumping off point to start getting things a little bit more organized for end of financial year, or at least it's giving you some talking points so you can go back to the your finance partner or your tax professional and you can talk about your business and make sure that in the last these last couple of weeks in the run-up to the end of financial year, you've got everything sorted. Before I finish up, I just want to give you a few tips on setting yourself up for the new financial year because I think it's really important to do these things now if you haven't done them already. So a big one is around creating a budget for the new financial year. The cloud accounting software that's around at the moment allows you to actually enter that budget directly into the system. And it's a good way to sort of keep yourself on track, on target for when you want to end up in 12 months time. It's not as hard as it seems. Creating a budget is really sort of looking back retrospectively at how much you've earned, what you've paid out in expenses over the last financial year, and then doing some best guessing or some forecasting at where you think your business is going to make money and when and where your business is going to spend money and when throughout the next financial year. This can also lead into creating a cash flow forecast, which is a great way to monitor those ebbs and flows in your business that are likely to occur throughout the year. And it allows you to save for those big expenses you've got coming up, but it also gives you visibility on where you can spend money in your business when you need to, when you can scale when you can bring on that new staff member. So I would highly encourage you to sit down and create a budget for the new financial year and then add on a cash flow forecast as well. Both great tools for setting up your business for success in the new financial year. The other one which might seem really strange is to just create a financial plan. I think we're all aware of sitting down and you know planning our business for the next 30, 60, 90 days, but not many people add a financial goal into that plan. 
So I would highly encourage you to think of a financial goal, something that you want to achieve from a financial perspective over the next 30, 60, 90 days, or maybe it's over the next year. And then sit down and create a plan that you know outlines how you're going to achieve that financial goal and make it happen. And while we're talking about planning, the other thing that I would encourage you to do is to go and make a list of all of the compliance dates that relate to your business for the next financial year and put the dates in your calendar because it's up to you to meet the deadlines. Now, you might have a bookkeeper or a BAS agent or even your accountant might do these sorts of things for you, but quite often they get extensions or life gets in the way, business gets in the way, they get busy. And so you might need to be chasing them up to make sure that your compliance deadlines are met. So some of these sorts of compliance deadlines are business activity statement deadlines that could be monthly or quarterly, depending on your business. Obviously, superannuation payments, which we've talked about. You'll have TPAR for tradies, cleaners, and some other creative businesses like interior decorators, PAYG declarations and payments, FBT summaries, just to name a few. So it's best to have all of that information in the diary at hand, and then that way you're not going to miss a deadline that is invariably going to get you into trouble. This tip is for those side hustlers or micro business owners out there that are currently not registered for GST. At this time of year or early in the new financial year, it's always a great time to just reassess what your income potentially is, what it was for the last financial year or what you think it might be for this new financial year. A lot of business owners get confused about what GST turnover is. It's not the profit. It's not everything you earn less all of the expenses and what's left at the end. The GST turnover is actually all the money you earn before you spend one cent in expenses to make that turnover happen. So once you get to that $75,000 threshold, you actually have 21 days to register. So if you're getting close or if you think that it's possible that you are going to get close to that in this new financial year, keep an eye on that and be ready to go ahead and register for GST within 21 days of hitting that mark. So two last pieces of advice as we kind of wrap this episode up. A lot of business owners who struggle with their finance struggle because it doesn't light them up they don't really understand it, or they just don't have enough time. So if that's you, or if you're thinking that it's time you got someone else to help you manage your finances, think about calling in an expert. Consider hiring a bookkeeper, a BAS agent, or talking to your accountant about who they would recommend as someone to help you on the financial side of things. Just make sure that it's a person you get on with, that you can talk to and that is prepared to work with you to create that profitable business that fits in with your definition of success. So, so important because, you know, it's a partnership. It's not a dictatorship. You can get recommendations from other business owners about who might be a good fit for your business. But if you're using a BAS agent or accountant, just make sure they're registered with the Tax Practitioners Board because that is super important. And finally, I say this one often, but the best way to boost your business in the new financial year is really to take the time now and review your pricing. So things have gone up 
everything is more expensive, but has your service gone up? Has your product gone up? If it hasn't, then now is the time to check what it is costing you to run your business and to determine whether or not your prices sustain that cost. But if pricing is one of those areas that has you absolutely stumped or you need help creating a pricing structure that works for your business, just reach out because I have a signature service called the Pricing Formula. It's actually my number one seller because it creates genuine business transformation. So that's one little plug from me. Okay, that's it from me. I hope I've managed to share some ways to make this end of financial year stress-free and also some things to talk about with your accountant in terms of maximizing that tax return because let's face it, we could all use the extra money now. Please reach out if you've got any questions and if you hit up the link in the show notes, I've included a download that's got all of the information in today's episode and a little bit more to help you sail through this end of financial year. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Successful Business podcast. For more information on all things business, head to flossy.com.au and make sure you hit subscribe on the show so you don't miss another new episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a quick rating or review, share it on your socials or with friends who might enjoy it. Catch you next time.